everybody. It's Damara Gardner here, founder of Black Women About Business. We bring you the intersection of business leadership and wellness through executive coaching, planning, training, and retreats. Our podcast is all about bringing you up to 15 minutes of business leadership and wellness inspiration from women just like you doing their thing in business as well as in life. And today I have Berhinda Williams, who's with us. Berhinda lives according to her name's Germanic Greek origin, the bare-hearted protector of multiculturalism, art, and womanhood. As founder of the Power of Girlhood, a nonprofit leadership development institute for girls 13 through 18 years old, Williams sponsored the first Power of Girlhood, a full day of celebratory and empowering programs, performances, vendors, and activities. That is now an annual event that draws hundreds. Williams has media credits that include CW50 community correspondent poetry pages and scribes co-producer for Channel 15 and consultant for the spoken word documentary, televising a revolution of spoken word in Detroit. She is also an alumni for the Secret Society of Twisted Storytellers, the Vagina Monologues, and Listen to Your Mother. Berhenda, welcome. Hello. <laughs> so glad to have you in the studio yeah, today. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and dive right in. All right. So based on your bio, mm-hmm. you seem to be in tune with all facets of your identity. We'd love to hear how you've successfully been able to do that. Ooh, okay, so um, I suppose the, the short answer to that question is um, acceptance. I had to accept who, who I am and how I am and not um, measure myself up against other people because I really feel like comparison is the killer of joy. Mm. And so if I'm always trying to measure myself up against what someone else is doing or someone else's identity and even closer to home, even within your family, like, you know, even my own mother, I wasn't able to uh, match her footsteps in terms of like life sequencing mm. and, and aspiration. We're two totally different people. Mm-hmm. And I think as any young young woman, your mother is your first role model for better or for worse. Yes. And I had a great mom, but for better or for worse, your mom is going to be your your first role model. And so as we grow up and we begin to um, look at success and what we think is successful, well, I have to be like this because this person's successful. Well, there are a lot of people that are already holding like their identity. Let me hold my own. So mm. let me be the best Berhenda I can be. And so I had to start like a path of discovery yeah. of who I am and how I'm made and what works for me, what I like, what I don't like. And and really sincerely, like what I like and what I, what I don't like. And you know, what's the legacy that I want to live? So uh, one of the exercises that I actually do with, with my clients in coaching is, you know, let's just say hypothetically we're at your funeral and what would people say about you? Yeah. Like what, what, what are the, what's the legacy that you want to leave behind? And so mm-hmm. sort of reverse engineering or reversing your, your life sequence. So living from that space and doing those things. That, so, you know, when your day comes, this is what's said about you. It's really powerful what you're saying because, um, in general, it can be really difficult to be who we are in yes. the world. And then when you add layers of um, racial identity yes. and socioeconomic class and education and our households that we grew up in, um, it can be that much more difficult to really embrace our identity. And particularly, um, I think, when we have a multiracial identity. Mm-hmm. and. You know, my background um, is very multiracial, which is the case for many people um, that come from the African diaspora. Uh, And I find that I identify most with my blackness, although there are um, 
lots of racial identities in my family, right? My grandfather was predominantly white and growing up, I didn't even know that. That's how deeply entrenched um, race, you know, the the threat of race in my family. We didn't talk about it really. Mm -hmm. I have family members that are still passing to this day. Um, And so it fascinates me and it's also really inspiring when I meet um, a multiracial black woman who really embraces all aspects of what sure. that means for her because it's not necessarily easy to do, right? Yeah. Uh, so thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. You describe yourself as a female lucianary mm-hmm. poet, yes. a teacher, yes. an author, yes. a television and film producer, a youth advocate, yeah. and a public speaker. Mm-hmm. I love that your work is so varied. What do you have to say to people whose mantra is jack of all trades, master of none? Well, I do think that one one should, and I don't like shooting on people, but I think one would like to aspire to a certain level of mastery. Yeah. And just because you're a, a jack or jill of all trades doesn't necessarily mean that you haven't reached a certain level of mastery. Mm-hmm. So uh, for your listeners, I'd love for them to check out a beautiful woman by the name of Emily Wapnick, and she has mm-hmm. the multi-potentialite. And so you can go on YouTube and you can look at her TED Talk, and it's called the multi-potentialite, and it's for people who are multi-passionate, mm-hmm. that you don't have any one thing. And I think that for linear people, <laughs> for lack of a better term, sort of see the world as in this black and white and sort of specialized way. But if you try on multiple hats, again, that's how you know it fits you. That's yeah. how you know what you like. And then you discover uh, various skills. And actually the multi-potentialite is someone that you want to have on your team because they do have such a very knowledge, very knowledge base yeah. that a multi-potentialite on your team can potentially wear multiple hats because they've been in multiple positions and have had multiple experiences and even inherently as human beings none of us are a monolith yeah so being a person who has multiple passions and has multiple things doesn't mean that um one hasn't reached a certain level of mastery and then you know as you're you're reading that i'm like i didn't do all those things like all at the same time Mm -hmm. which would of course drive anyone (laughs) i think uh, a certain shade of crazy however um, I think, again, just being experiential and being open to processes and exploring what your passions are just leads to just living a much richer life. Yeah. Well, and the reality is, is that there's no one path. Right. No. And and typically for people that are wildly successful, um, you know, some of my favorite people that I aspire to be like Oprah, for example. I mean, Oprah, she's a writer. She's an actress. She's a producer. Um, she had a talk show. So when we think about people that have. Um, been most successful they have not taken a linear path they've taken winding paths and they have a lot of different passions and they've been able to effectively cultivate all those passions we don't look at um, someone like Oprah and say well she she needs to stay in her lane right I mean the lane is anything that we create it to be well Oprah has the highway yeah thank you thank you right Uh, well she she owns the whole thing right yeah yeah yeah. Um, so that that's really really great So culture seems to be a thread in all the work that you do. Mm -hmm. What is it about culture that attracts you? Well, I think culture is is a connector for us as human beings. I think when we can have a a shared culture and not just in terms of background Mm -hmm. or ethnicity, but to me, culture is also a value system. Yeah. And what we what we choose to value and where we put uh, emphasis and the work that I do 
is in the performing arts arena with poetry. I'm also a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that those things help us to process and synthesize very complex human emotions. And so if you are are human and let's say you're male or you're a transgender or you are an elder or, you know, you're a young person, there are certain themes that I think that culture provides us as a level playing ground or a sense of acceptance when it comes to lo- loss, mm-hmm. uh, tragedy, um, joy, happiness, food, music, all of those things really help to uh, connect us. And I love the work that Dr. Brene uh, Brown does, especially around vulnerability mm-hmm. and uh, connection. She said people are really hard to hate up close. And so when you're in a concert or you're having a moment, um, it's a shared, uh, I call it intimacy in a public space. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we can have this shared experience. And once we have shared experiences and, and it becomes palpable in your body and other person's mm-hmm. uh, journey, then I think we can have some some harder conversations. Yes. So culture is a huge component in, in my life. Mm-hmm. And I've just been very blessed to to use poetry or use dance or monologues or I'm also bilingual being able to use language and that has built bridges in I think in ways that if we didn't have that or have those infrastructures in place it these kinds of conversations will be possible. Yeah. So we talk often about the complexity of culture and how challenging it can be to build bridges across cultural lines, right? And I love how you're talking about it that it's actually been utilized as a um as a strength for you, right? Mm-hmm. You've the reason why it's been a thread throughout all of your work is because you've been able to yield such positive results um, from maybe building connection with people that you may not have otherwise had an opportunity to build yeah. if it hadn't have been for the robustness of how you've intertwined culture in all that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's a lesson for all of us that when we're trying to stay away from um, diversity and inclusion and um, and when we think that somebody is just too different than us mm-hmm. oftentimes there's an opportunity for us to see connection right and we're not going to see that if we're so focused on the differences um, so the fact that you've really embraced it and all that you've done and been successful in doing it um, that in itself is something that we should aspire to do Aww. so as an empathy coach I can imagine that wellness is something that you strive to embody. What are the best ways that you've taken care of yourself in your work? Wow. So being, you know, being highly uh, empathic and leading others to cultivate like their own um, empathic abilities, I really feel like that's a a frontier that we're finally coming to and that I do see now in our landscape a lot of um, emotional intelligence workshops or emotional intelligence being put in place uh, in in workplaces or institutions, especially if you're dealing with people, you have to have a a, a uh, emotional quotient that's pretty high. So taking care of myself is, um, you know, not just the surface of, you know, your manicures, pedicures. I mean, like those are kind of like superfluous things, but self-care to me or managing my own well-being is saying no. Mm. And saying no in an empowered way, like no is a complete sentence. And and I mean that, um, you know, not to be mean, but understanding what my core values are. Yeah. 
So I'm not saying yes to things out of obligation and then becoming resentful later Mm -hmm. is a way that I take care of myself. Mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I know we hear again like these kinds of words in our lexicon and people are like, well, mindfulness, what does that mean? It's just being really purposed and really Mm -hmm. being intentional is how I take care of myself. You know, giving, you know, where are the areas that I need to give? Uh, Where do I need to learn? What do I need to grow? What do I want to experience? Mm -hmm. So sort of living my life that way allows me to really take care of myself and then um, Netflix and chilling myself Mm -hmm. really helps to you know manage the the self-care which is so which is so critical so Mm -hmm. I really think that an empowered no to things but know what it is that you want to say yes to and do those things Mm -hmm. know where you want to give what kind of experiences you want to have and really being protective of your of your gates meaning your ear gate your Mm -hmm. eye gate what's coming in because those things do tend to settle inside you so who are the people that give you life you know where where are those people where are those experiences you know i can spend hours on on youtube because there's all kinds of motivational videos there's all Mm -hmm. kinds of you know travel experiences even from your from your own home but putting your your feet on sand yeah that is absolutely amazing that's a priceless experience Mm -hmm. so just really being very like i said just very intentional being mindful of of what replenishes you what restores you Mm -hmm. and those sort of things really help to uh you know, help with your well-being. Yeah, you've given us so much, and a lot of what you shared um, resonates with me. And those are practices that I certainly have. And I want to just uh, highlight a couple things that you said. Um, you talked about, you know, like not to be selfish. And I think that there's something about us feeling as if taking care of ourselves is still an act of being selfish, right? Yeah. Um, because it means, of course, at least the way we define it, that if we're doing something for ourselves, we're not doing something for other people yeah. versus the reality that the more that we fill our own buckets, the more that we can give to other people, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is really important, speaking of Brene Brown, uh, I saw her do a talk and she she had shared that she bought this ring that she would twist when she was faced with making a decision about something. Mm. And it would help her to pause and determine whether or not it was something that she actually wanted to do. And so when you talk about the intentionality, um, so this is a it's an object that she used, right, to be grounded and to really know mm-hmm. what is it that I should be doing right now in this moment that's that's going to serve my highest purpose so that as you talked about we're not feeling resentment we're not feeling obligated we're not feeling forced to do something and then blaming everybody else for not taking control over our own lives right because we have so much more power than what we give ourselves credit for Um, and so everything that you talked about pure power that was that was (laughs) awesome thank you so 15 minutes goes by really really fast and um I just want to give you an opportunity to share anything final that you're working on. um, And then we'll touch on how our listeners can stay in touch with you because I know that they're going to want to stay in touch with you. Okay. So, you know, as always, I'm, I'm working on my area of give, which Mm -hmm. is the power of girlhood. So you can log on to the power of girlhood.org. We have some shopping experiences for the entire month of March. So there's that I am an 
uh, empathic visionary or visionary empath coach where I work with empaths and those are people who are highly sensitive individuals mm-hmm. so they are very sensitive to the thoughts feelings and emotions of other people and they the visionary part is that they want to create businesses that are intentional they want to create enterprises that you know have a deeper meaning that serve others and they want to be a change agent mm-hmm. in the world and that's very very large work but it's possible and it can be done and you don't have to do it at at the peril of your own emotional well-being. Yes, I love that. Uh, So it's so unique what you're doing. You don't see a lot of empathic coaches out there. (laughs) And we're learning a lot more about people that are empathic and that they do need a different line of support. So the fact that you're providing that line of support is really, really awesome. My hope is that if anybody can relate to being an empath and need some guidance along the way in life, professionally, whatever that looks like, that you will certainly reach out to this fabulous woman um, who's doing amazing things things in her own life follow us at black women underscore biz on instagram as well as on twitter and please do like our facebook page black women about business Brenda, how can our folks stay in touch with you absolutely so they can go straight to my website at Berhenda, and that's b-e-r hyphen h-e-n-d-a williams dot com and they can see all of the other offerings that I have so they can find the uh, more information on the power of girlhood I also have a language institute Trifecta Cultural mm. so they can find out information there because I'm also bilingual I love so it. yeah so anything that they they want or need you can put it in and if you can't remember that just google me it'll, it'll come up <laughs> absolutely absolutely you can find this woman trust yeah. me I did yeah all right so everybody thank you so much for tuning in until next time Ashe. Ashe.